Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Folks Talking Sports, presented by the Houston Round Bar Review and sponsored by Five Star Properties. I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review, local name of Global Perspective. Joining me is one of the young lions, Mr. Popular, Mr. Busy, Andy Yanez from Gallery Sports, Community Newspaper, Paul Slamma Jamma, yada, yada, yada. Andy, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Chris. How are you? Doing great. Let's see. Bring everybody up to speed. James Mueller, I think, is at the uh, press conference for UH Volleyball for the announcement for locations for tournament seating, things of that sort with the volleyball team, which is going to the tournament. Willie Gibson is on the road, heading back from Cleveland to Akron. He's driving on the road. Browns won in overtime, so that'll delay Willie a little bit from joining us. Should be in the latter part of the show. We're waiting for our first guest to join us. And then we have a second guest lined up as well. So hopefully they will join us. Second one should be joined around 7 o'clock. First one, hopefully any minute now. Andy, how was last night's post-game show on Les Raid Cougs after the football team laid an ostrich-sized egg <clears throat> senior day, senior night to Tulsa? Yeah, well, from from a technical standpoint, I have no idea what was going on with the Wi-Fi or and the I mean just the internet connection at TDSU Stadium. I, I don't know if that's I mean you can relate that to both football teams right now in the city of in the city of Houston. It's not a good football city at this point, but um, so we the video quality. I, I'm so ashamed whenever I, I see it. We had our technical difficulties. The audio uh, came out much better than the video. But I had um, the pleasure of having Ryan Monso join me for the final regular season. Let's reach Cougs, and um, as he dubbed it, it was a lot of raging in terms of yesterday's show. Especially like you said, um, really Dana Holgerson post game. He he kind of I mean flat out said it a disappointing end to a disappointing season. Where they finished seven and five overall, they finished five and three in against American Athletic Conference opponents, which you know, final dance that was their final time ever playing an American Athletic Conference schedule. Because come come around this next next fall, it's going to be a Big Twelve schedule. It's going to be much tougher, and it's just it's just overall disappointing. Houston Houston's offense, which had been sensational since Week Seven when they played Memphis, since that fourth quarter of Memphis. I mean, they had a good first half, and then they just completely they got stopped by Tulsa, and they they made adjustments. They were able to Tulsa's offense was able to do just enough to be able to come away with a win. Um, and really, it was kind of a it encapsulated what the entire season was. Now, granted, I know they 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 had an outside chance in making the American Athletic Conference uh, championship game. It was really minimal, and once Central Florida won it, it, it I mean, that, that that chance was slim. But Houston itself couldn't even beat Tulsa to, at, at the very least, like Dana Horson mentioned, finish with a tie for, for second. They would have been tied with UCF and Cincinnati. They wouldn't have gotten the tiebreaker, but they would have had the same records. Um, and then overall, there's just a lot of frustration around the program, and I think now kind of looking ahead it's it's a lot of wait and see because what 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 are the moves what does Houston do they you feel like they got to do something but what what, what will it what, do they move on from defensive coordinator Doug Buck after giving them an extension um just 
a year ago after, I mean, to his credit, he put together a strong defensive performance a season ago at the rise of Sakav, how dominant they looked in stretches a season ago, a completely 180 degree turn from where they were this season. And, and really, you know, it showcased again, uh, last night in Tulsa after, after a strong, their best performance of the season against East, East Carolina, only holding the pirates to just three points. Once again, they had lapses um, against Tulsa and they gave up a lot of chunk plays, a lot of uh, big momentum plays that, that allowed Tulsa to pull out the victory last night. Is he the fall guy could you even do that after one year of an extension do you did that good year a season ago buy him at least one more um into the big 12 and what about the offense they had their their offense struggles not granted they they have been playing on another uh level since the the memphis game but i mean you got to look at the opponents too who they were playing at the early part of the season they struggled they spent now Granted, Tulane is a is a really legit defense, but they struggled against Tulane. They struggled against Kansas. They struggled against Texas Tech. They they struggled against UTSA, but they were able to put up boards uh, points on the board in during the overtime period. So, I don't know. It's a it, it's kind of a, a feeling of you're stuck. That's the best way I can put it. It feels like you're stuck. And our guest is joining us, and we're going to talk about more about football in a second. But let me just say this. Great to see the people enjoyed the show last night with you and, and Ryan. And got a comment out. I'm going to be petty. But XFL starts soon, and XFL is going to that's pay true. for some additions and upgrades to the stadium. So that's a plus. But we're going to talk more about football in a second. And I got some rocks slash boulders to toss at UH women's basketball while also giving shout-out to Rice women's basketball. But right now, Mr. Rossi Karen. Mr. Big Time, U Sports Group. We're going to bring him into the studio. How are you, sir? Chris, can you hear me? Yes, sir. You sound great. I see Karen joining up. Me and Andy on How you doing, man? I'm doing great. What's going on, Andy? I'm doing good. How are you? Man, I'm I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And for those who do not know, Rossi is, are you the guy in charge of the the Battleground 2K and what's going on, what's happening this coming weekend in Fort Worth? I'm the man behind the man. My wife is in charge. <laughs> smart answer. Very smart answer. <laughs> Real good. But, but yeah, um, Rossi and I go back a long, long way in the grassroots scene. But I wanted to get you on to just provide some more info and details about the upcoming event taking place this Saturday, December 3rd in Fort Worth. Double hitter. UH men's basketball is facing St. Mary's in the second game. But talk about also the first game and the teams you got involved in the event. So the Battleground 2K22 will be held December the 3rd at Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth. Um, we're really excited about it. Doubleheader, as you said, first game features Texas A&M Aggies versus the Boise State Broncos. And that game is at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And it's followed by uh, the University of Houston men's basketball program taking on St. Mary's Gales, and that will be at 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, both games at Dickey's Arena, December 3rd, Battleground 2K22. So we, we're super excited about it. And there's a chance, Rossi, uh, based on Monday's poll. I'm waiting on it. I'm praying on it. <laughs> yeah, you might have the number one team in the country taking place in the, in the double hit on Saturday. What about that? Hey, I was laughing because um, – there's a there's a verse on Jay-Z's song years ago, and he say that guys pray and pray on my downfall. And it's funny because 
I've been praying. <laughs> I've been praying that North Carolina and Gonzaga lose just since, since the beginning <laughs> of the season. So, <laughs> no, those, those are the two programs are great programs, but I, I really was hoping that uh, obviously the University of Houston would be the number one team in the country um, as we rolled around to December 3rd, and I, it looks like that, that could potentially happen. How long have you been involved with Youth Sports Group? And then I'm going to go back further about your grassroots, but let's talk about Youth Sports Group right now. So I started Youth Sports Group in the, the latter part of 2018, and my goal was to incorporate a lot of the same opportunities um, for athletes, a lot of the same um, exposure and platform for athletes that we provided in, in our grassroots days, which is to allow athletes to play on a big stage. And at this point, obviously, it's nationally televised um, to compete in high level competition, um, to help the athletes continue to grow um, their brand. And, and I didn't know at the time that, you know, obviously NIL would, would, would kind of transition into collegiate sports. So I'm um, just happy to have the opportunity to put athletes on the platform to help allow them to tell their stories, which is why we do a lot of interviews leading up to the event, um, just to help get those athletes' stories and their information out to their, their fan base. And then lastly, um, to, to connect with the community. So a huge part of the Battleground 2K and, and any of the college sporting events that we host um, have a com community component where we partner with some community organization in that specific city. So this year, because we're in Fort Worth, uh, we're partnering with the Ronald McDonald House Fort Worth, um, and, and it's going to allow all four of those participating teams to visit the Mac Ronald McDonald House to spend time with those kids and those families there at the Ronald McDonald House and just bring some holiday cheer to, to those families. So we're excited about that component of our of our event as well. What's, what's your background in basketball? My background in basketball, not much. Um, was a solid high school player um, at Port Arthur Lincoln High School. Um, from there, I played Division One basketball at Niagara University um, in New York. And then, I, you know, I was able to play a couple of years kind of sputtering along, trying to play some semi-pro ball after those days. But, you know, two years into it, I realized that, man, that the, um, the competitive landscape to play at the professional level is, is, is tough. So I started doing uh, player development. So I, would, I, would, I actually started Basketball University in 2004, and I would go to parents' you know, kids' house and train them on their driveways. So it started with one kid on a driveway. It grew to 300 plus kids per year. And then in 2018, 2019, I transitioned out of basketball university into youth sports group. So 2004, that's about, how long have we known each other, man? Probably around that time, probably 2006, 2005, 2006, somewhere around that. That's, that's, about, that's about right. We're old, Andy. Do you have any, no. any questions for Ross? <laughs> well, I'm old. He's no. just Ross. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. <laughs> good answer. Yeah, no, I guess the, the question I would ask is just in terms of, of organizing with, with the four different teams that are part of um, the event. Can you talk a little bit about what it's been like to uh, maybe promote, it's not the right word, but to work with all four of those universities to be able to, to well, I guess promote is the right word, to be able to promote this event. And not only that, attract the fan bases from each one of those universities to be able to come out and lure them to Fort Worth. Uh, it's, it's been it's been a blessing, to be honest with you. Um, and we've worked with some really good teams over the years. I mean, obviously, you know, U of H, you know, again, 
you know, granted they're the number one team in the country, but you know, we've U of H and A and M and and Baylor and Oklahoma State, and we, we've had we've had some really good um, organizations participate in our doubleheaders over the years. So uh, we're, we're fortunate to have that opportunity, and those programs and and there and there are others, and I won't have time to name all of them, but just working with you know their administration, their coaching staff, their ops, it's 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 been really good, and they are and like I said for our event. One of the requirements, if you play an event, you have to do some community component. Um, so mm-hmm. they've been great about it. The student athletes benefit from from touching the lives of, of kids in the community. They they are, their lives are enriched and and by that. So it's been it's been great. And all of those all of those universities and programs have have been um have been accommodating, and they've all had you know a whole lot of success. You know, not just at our event, but but throughout the season. So. We're excited about this year, and we're excited about those those organizations that have that have allowed us to work with them. What What are your thoughts on the Houston Cougars men's basketball team this year, and the evolution of the program since Coach Sampson has been at, at Houston? So I'm glad you said that. So a few days ago, I got a chance to go on the campus of the University of Houston and interview. I did a 30 minute interview with Coach Sampson. It's an unbelievable interview. He was he was awesome. And, and we'll release some content for that this week. But we interviewed Coach Sampson, Marcus Sasser, uh, Jairus Howard, I mean, Jairus Walker, and Terrence Arsenault. So three players, one Hall of Fame coach, and it, it, was, it was great. And we, one of the things we talked about with Coach Sampson was his vision for that program and, you know, the unbelievable job that he's done. Because – I was here in 2004 and 2005. I remember I told him sitting at Hawthorne's Pavilion with my feet on the back of the chair in front of me, and I might have seven rows to myself. And, you know, so what he's done with, with, with that program, you know, is, is to, is, um, he should be honored for that because it's not just, like I told him, it's not just the hard work and picking a great staff. You have to have a vision and you have to have some juice when you come in to be able to move the needle like he's done it because everybody can't do that. You know, some people take over, a, a, you know, a program, but some, he, he really rebuilt the university of Houston men's basketball program. So it's exciting to see. And I'm glad I'm, I'm here right in the city and close enough to be able to kind of watch it up close. Rossi, did you, could you have imagined <clears throat> back where you had your feet up on a seat in front of you that the <clears throat> program would be where it is now? No, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't see it. I thought that because, you know, typically what happens is, and Coach Sampson gave me a stat. I think they had in the last 12 years or 15 years or so, they might have had four coaches. So what they had been doing is bringing in a coach. He gets a four-year run at it, bring in the next coach. Four-year run at it, bring on the next coach. And, you know, he made, Coach Sampson made some great points. It's like he said something to the effect, and, I, you know, I may misquote him a little bit. He said that um, coaches and players win games but administrations win championships. And, and the fact that he was able to, to, to share his vision, get them on board, and basically revamp the whole program, facilities, it's, it's just a, it's, it's a, it's amazing what, what, he, what he's done there. And his staff is, is, is incredible with, with Kellen and, and all of those guys. So um, hats off to, to them for, for what they've accomplished in a short period of time. And Andy, before you have ask, ask Rossi any more questions, in 2004, Rossi, did Houston area kids, top talent in Houston area, consider 
going and play for the Houston Cougars? No chance. No chance. The only chance at that time that I thought that Houston had a chance to get a guy, a top guy from – man, it – I don't know. I, I think that it would have had to be one of the grassroots guys had to have really been committed to that program. You know, maybe they played there to say, hey, here's my player. I want him to be the man here. Um, but, you know, if and it's, it's only right. Like if a kid is a top 10 kid in the country, top 25 kid in the country, they should have the opportunity to play at top 20, top 10 programs, regardless of where they are located um, geographically. But it just helps now that, you know, if you're a top guy in Houston, you can play. I, I consider Houston a top five program in the country, in, in, Andy, my, in, my, in my opinion. Andy, you got any more questions? Uh, yeah, just alluding, alluding to, like, what you've mentioned throughout the show. You mentioned you were able to sit down with, with Coach Sampson and, and Marcus Sasson and a few other players. Can you just talk a little bit about how you guys are going to go and, and release that content? I'm sure, will it be throughout the week, or what's, what's that going to be like when you guys start putting that out there? Yeah, so some of the content will be obviously leading up to the event. Um, again, the event is, is next Saturday, December the 3rd at Dickey's Arena. So we'll release some of the content leading up to it. But there was, so here's the thing. So typically when we have um, an event, we'll typically connect with the four teams that are participating and interview typically the head coach and one or two of the players, sometimes three players. All three of those guys, Jerris Walker, Marcus Sasser and Terrence Arsenault. The collection of those three were the best three interviews that we've ever had with players. So typically if you interview three players, you're gonna get one guy who's really good on camera, really confident. You'll get one guy who's, uh, it's okay, it's, it's serviceable. And then you'll get one guy who's like, uh, we can't put this content out. But those three guys were unbelievable, great energy, personable. Um, they know who they are as people. They know who they are as players. Um, and they know and understand how they articulate what that program means to them. So we'll start putting that out and it'll be on our U Sports Group platforms on, on U Sports Group Instagram and also on um, U Sports Group Twitter. So that content will be coming out this week. And I'm excited for everybody to see just how bright and how sharp and how confident these three young men are. And just to be able to hear um, just more because Coach Sampson doesn't do a whole lot of interviews. And if he does, they're typically short. So for him to do a 30 minute interview, so really hear. Um, his mind for the game, uh, his appreciation for his journey, and then his his love and um, and support for his staff is something that I think people are going to really want to listen to. What's what's your ultimate goal for Battleground Two K U Sports Group going forward? Um, so this year was the so this year we we're only doing one event at Battleground Two K. Last year we had three events. So next year we'll we'll hopefully be back at three events, maybe four. So the goal is just to continue to, to, to grow the platform, to continue to give um, players and programs an opportunity to play nationally televised games. So like the, the game one in, the, in this year's Battleground 2K will be on ESPNU and game two with the Cougars and St. Mary's will, will be on ESPN2. So just to continue to grow the platform, to allow guys to play on, on a national stage in big time arenas. And we've done Toyota Center, which is a high level arena. We've done Dickey's Arena is our second or third time doing Dickey's Arena, and then also um, OKC. So our goal, we'll probably do one in San Antonio at, uh, at AT&T. Um, but just to continue to grow the platform, continue to give guys opportunities to play on a national stage, 
continue to help players grow their own brand in the midst of, of the event. And then lastly, to continue to impact the lives of, of kids in the community through our basketball platform. How can fans get tickets to the Saturday Double Hitter? So tickets uh, to the Battleground 2K22, December 3rd at Dickey's Arena is at Ticketmaster.com um, for tickets there. And then also we released a limited um, edition NFT game tickets and collectibles. And those can be found at our on our website at usportsgroup.com. So NFT is just a digital asset that's a collector's edition that also gives you access and entry to the game in addition to um, some additional perks and some behind the scenes opportunities um, by purchasing one of those NFTs. So NFT game tickets at usportsgroup.com, regular game tickets at um, ticketmaster.com. Andy, you and the NFTs, man, that, that's your area, you know, the young generation. <laughs> Andy, you, Andy, you mess with NFTs? Uh, Chris is just saying that because he thinks I'm young, but I, honestly, uh, I need to learn more about NF NFTs too. Yeah, so the, the interesting thing, so our event is the first college basketball event in the country to utilize NFTs for game access, um, as well as updating or, or um, lifting the fan experience. So for instance, if somebody purchased one of our legendary NFTs, which is the top level that gives you courtside seat, um, it also gives you free food, free drinks, some behind the scenes access, opportunity to win, um, a trip to one of the shoot arounds to watch the shoot around and then also um, potentially some locker room access um, to, to kind of connect with the player. So um, it's, it's, it's a very unique thing. In five years, we think that every event will utilize NFTs as, as um, for access to their events. But um, we're excited about being the first college basketball um, event in the country to ever utilize NFTs for, for game access and fan experience. And one more time, Rossi, how can folks uh, who want to, Try to get the NFT. How do they get it? So for NFTs, they can go to our website, which is you, the letter U, sportsgroup.com. And then there on the home page, if you scroll down, you'll see NFTs. Click there and um, and it'll take you to our partner, which is Verified Inc. Um, for, for our NFTs. And I think it's I think it's if you haven't gotten the NFT space again, five years from now, we'll all utilize NFTs and the smart contracts behind the NFTs on the blockchain. We'll utilize those for various things, buying cars, buying a house, um, concert access, game access. So um, I know a lot of people are not necessarily like in the mix with NFTs yet, but at some point everyone will. So it's just a good opportunity for people to kind of get familiar with the NFT space through a great college basketball event like the Battleground 2K22. And we might have to pick your brain about NFTs, man, going mm -hmm. forward, because who knows at some point maybe folks talking sports can, can offer an NFT to, to, to the fan audience to give them who knows whatever, but you know, at, Hey, at some point, every, every, I think some point everybody's going to be, you know, if you're involved in the sports world or, um, or um, any arena that has kind of ticketing access or access to online services or um, again, games, concerts, I think the NFT um, Avenue is going to be the way for everybody to connect. Rossi Karaman, thank you very much. And do you have any final questions for Ross before we let him go? No, just thank you for your time. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to be able to speak with us and, and highlight a whole bunch of different cool stuff that you guys are going to be doing this upcoming weekend. Uh, we, we're excited. Again, thank you guys for the opportunity, Andy, Chris. Thank you. Um, hopefully we'll see fans this weekend 
um, Saturday, December the 3rd, Fort Worth at Dickey's Arena, um, the Battleground 2K22, two games, one day, Texas A&M, Boise State first at 6 p.m., University of Houston, number one team in the country versus St. Mary's, <laughs> 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. So grab your tickets, Ticketmaster.com, grab your NFTs at usportsgroup.com, and then look for that content coming for, um, from our U Sports Group platforms with the interview with Coach Sampson, Jarris Walker, um, Terrence Arsenault, and, and All-American Martha Sasser. Great, great, great content. Those guys did a fantastic job telling the stories. Marcy Karen, thank you very much, man, for taking time to join us tonight on Folks Talking Sports. And we will see you this Saturday in Fort Worth. Appreciate it. See you guys soon. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. And now on this packed edition of Folks Talking Sports, joining us is, let me get it ready. Let me get it ready because he's famous TV star, <laughs> got a great nickname. Everybody knows him as Sunshine. But we're going to bring him in, Landon Gosling. That's what we do here on Folks Talking Sports. So onward and upward, as Andy, Andy and I like to say, onward and upward, we're going to bring in Landon Gosling, Sunshine. How are you, young man? What's going on, my man? How are you guys? Doing great. Good. All right, let's get into it. Andy and Landon, we'll discuss y'all's potential business relationship exclusively <laughs> shortly. But we're here to talk Lincoln Cougs. Landon, for folks who don't know about Lincoln Cougs, Bring them up to speed and tell them what it is. Yeah, so Lincoln Cougs um, is the our uh, NIL collective for uh, all University of Houston athletic programs, um, founded by uh, two former uh, Cougars, uh, Austin Elrod and Troy Kyle. Uh, Austin played football at University of Houston. Uh, it was actually Case Keenum's backup. Um, Troy's been a longtime supporter and a donor of the University of Houston um, athletics, and then myself, a uh, former basketball player, um, most recently working in athletic fundraising. Um, and so we're pretty much an uh, all-encompassing uh, NIL collective, um, working for the student-athletes and trying to facilitate partnerships around the city. Um, launched about two months ago. Um, have a lot of, lot of good things have happened in, in two months uh, for both our women's and men's programs. And to go into it, man, ask your questions. Well, I guess we'll just start with overall the success that, that you guys have had and, and the deals you guys have been able um, really to, to reach with athletes. Obviously, I think the, the big headliner a few a week ago, a few days ago, I lose track of the days, was was the deal you guys had reached with Mac in particular with the men's basketball team. So what what uh, more what new could you give about that deal? Yeah, I mean, it's just, um, I mean, to kind of backtrack, overall, it's been uh, overwhelmingly uh, awesome. The support and um, you know, belief in our fans um, and people around the city ha has been awesome. And uh, our biggest job was just to, to educate uh, people around the city on this new NIL landscape, which is, you know, as all of us know, so important now um, in college sports. And, and now our university is on that stage um, where we need an NIL presence. And, um, you know, it's been, like I said, overwhelmingly good, obviously headlines um, uh, striking a deal with Mattress Mac and Gallery Furniture um was uh big time a seven figure deal for the men's basketball team was was an outstanding outstanding accomplishment by the men's basketball team um obviously all the hard work and dedication that they've put in um to get that kind of recognition and support is is unbelievable um and i know those guys are very appreciative 
Um, but uh, I mean, over it, I know we set a goal. I won't tell you what our goal was to start the year. Um, but in, in three months, uh, you know, we're well over 1.5 million um, in NIL deals, which is, like I said, it's astronomically um, awesome for these student athletes. And, you know, it's changing these kids' lives and meaning a lot to them. So um, it's been an absolute joy and pleasure. And I can't wait to see kind of what's in store for us. And once again, mention, remind folks watching us on YouTube and Twitter, it's for all UH athletes. Correct, correct. So actually, we just um, announced uh, not too long ago, about an hour and a half ago, um, we got our first ever NIL uh, team-wide deal for a women's program at the University of Houston. Um, our volleyball team, who's done awesome uh, this year going into the NCAA tournament, they just got a team-wide NIL deal. Um, so it was our first ever women's program to do so. So that was um, awesome, and it means a lot to those girls. And um, been able to touch a lot of sports kind of throughout this so far. Um, got a long way to go, uh, but I think we're off to a great start. And when you and I spoke, I guess right around when Lincoln Coos was announced, you touched on, I think you mentioned how emotional some of the athletes, student athletes have reacted when you talked to them mentioned that they got an, a deal via Lincoln Coos. What about that experience part of it? And I, as, I mean, I, I tell people that all the time, man, it's the, that's the best part of this whole job. Um, I mean, as a former student athlete, I know how it is. Uh, you know, you get your scholarship check and stuff, but, um, you know, any amount of money goes a long way for these kids. Um, you know, I've been there and uh, to be able to, to deliver the news to these kids and to, you know, be able to get them any type of money kind of in their pocket um, as a college student. Uh, kind of like you mentioned, we've had several cases where uh, some of these athletes have come to tears. Um, and it, it really is. I mean, it sounds cliche, but it really is changing these kids' lives. Um, and it's just a testament to, to all their hard work, all the coaches' hard work, um, every, everybody around the University of Houston that's, that's worked tirelessly to get it to where it's at. Um, and then obviously it's, it's our great fans and supporters that have been able to make this happen. What year did you arrive at Houston? So I was a uh, grad transfer. I grad transferred uh, in 2018, 2019. Uh, year we won the conference championship. Uh, they were 33 and four, something like that. Uh, lost to Kentucky in the Sweet 16, um, and then grad assistant the next year, which was COVID. But um, obviously, spent a lot of time in the athletic department here. Um, like I said, most recently working with all of our donors and um, all sporting events. Um, so it's been a, an absolute joy. Uh, University of Houston, Houston in general is my home. Um, you know, it's, it's my adopted home. I like to tell people that, and I, I can't see myself leaving the city of Houston. When you joined the program just that short while ago, could you have imagined that Houston, that the team could be the number one ranked team in the country? My first day on campus, no, but about a month into our workouts, yes. Um, you know, cause I've been around a, a lot of college sports. Uh, obviously I've played it three different schools, uh, you know, mid-major division one, division two. Um, and then here at a high major and played for coach Sampson. And, um, I mean, it's unbelievable the job that that coaching staff does and the amount of work and, and tireless effort that they put in, um, day in and day out. Um, uh, doesn't matter if it's the, the first day of summer workouts, um, or you're in March, uh, coach Sampson and the staff treat it the exact same. Um, and they demand excellence, uh, from his, his, his players every single day. Um, and so, uh, 
you know, I always tell people, people outside the circle um, might think, you know, this is a, a you know, kind of a shock. Uh, but people that, that are kind of in the everyday, um, you know, see everything behind the scenes. It's no shock. It's just a matter of time. Um, and, and I think coach touched on it the other day. Um, you know, they're not going to run from it. You know, they're going to hit it head on. Um, they're going to stare it straight in the face um, and take it day by day. And you got any more questions for Sunshine or one as Wanda refers to him, California? <laughs> yeah, uh, just going back to, to Lincoln Coos, can you talk a little bit about what it's been like um, to to have those relationships or to have those conversations with a lot of the businesses? Because like you mentioned, it's a two-way street. The athletes is one side, but the other side is those businesses and them uh, wanting to, to partner with you guys to help a lot of these Houston Cougar athletes. Yeah, so I'll kind of just tell a short little story. So we actually did a, a team-wide, uh, it was a men's basketball deal with BB's Cafe, um, Brooks Bassler, uh Big Houston Cougar fan, um, love love him and his family to death. But basketball team did a, a event there the other night where they spread out to to locations, um, and you know it was kind of our first time that that was happening um, in our collective, and it was um, unbelievable the amount of you know fans that showed up in support, um, all the feedback we got, uh, you know just saying how good the kids were and and how awesome it went um, was was unbelievable. Um, and now we got the the deal with Mattress Mac, and um, you know they're actually. You know, BB's Cafe is actually going to do uh, food drop and deliver uh, to Mattress Mac, uh, kind of thanking him uh, and his staff and support at Gallery Furniture. So it's been really cool. Uh, I say all that because it's been really cool to see kind of the different businesses that uh, we partner with, whether it's a, a Fritz Kennel, uh, you know, like I mentioned, BB's Cafe, Sunrun Solar, multiple companies that we've had, uh, all types of different fields. Um, and they've actually kind of come together and kind of worked together um, through this whole journey. Um, so it's been it's been awesome to kind of um, have a have companies in different buckets and to kind of see them come together and see everything come full circle. Um, like I said, it, it's been uh, an absolute joy. How much more growth? Well, no, no. First, is there a way for fans or businesses who are interested in working with you guys to contact you? Absolutely. So we have our website. Uh, it's actually our temporary website now, but it's linkingcougs.com. Uh, can go on there, can kind of uh, read a little bit about us and what we're doing, um, kind of fill out a questionnaire, um, send us an email. You can always uh, um, uh, go on, like I said, go on our website and, and fill that out. And we'll get back to you. We do a really good job of getting back to, to everyone within 24 to 48 hours. Um, and, and the thing that I encourage is just people who are interested in the space um, and want to get to know more, just just ask the questions. Because uh, I think that's been the biggest thing is, is um, you know, people who are willing to ask those questions. And, and as we educate them, you know, it opens up a whole new door of possibilities that, you know, people, a lot of people didn't really know was um, that they, you know, can kind of get their head in the game. Because um, they see a lot of these things um, all over the Internet with these huge, ginormous deals going on. They're like, hey, I, you know, can't really afford to do that. Well, there's a lot um, on the other side of that that we get done, um, smaller companies and like I said, it's little things that are changing these kids' lives. So ask the questions, visit our website, um, and we'll, we'll get back to you and answer those questions. And one thing you mentioned initially was the benefit or the importance of retaining student-athletes who are already at Houston and in it within the program to not look elsewhere. Yeah, I think, um, like I said, just, just in, the, in the last couple months, uh, what we've been able to do um, – for some of these kids uh, across all programs, they, they are uh, overwhelmingly um, thankful um, and it means a lot. Um, and that's just kind of the, the landscape of, of college sports now. Um, and, and so, 
you know, it, it's it's a good problem to have that we're on this stage um, and, and that we're getting these type of athletes um, and, and maintaining them is just as important. Andy, any more questions from you for, for Landon? No, I just wanted to say thank you for your time, for coming out here and being on the show and explain um, and talk a little bit about just the importance of name, image, and likeness. And, like, obviously the the big jump next season when Houston goes into the Big 12 is going to be something that's going to be needed to stay competitive as a university from the athletic standpoint. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me. Um, again, anybody with questions, visit LincolnCougs.com, uh, and we'll get back to you. But I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, you guys have a good rest of your Sunday. Thank you, man. For sure. Take care. Thanks. Keep in touch. All right. You guys have a good one. Mm, you too. All right. Thank you very much to both our guests, Landon Gosling and Rossi Karen. That's <clears> one, <throat> one of the things I love about folks talking sports on the platform. Got an update. James Mueller, he's still interviewing volleyball players and coaches. So he might not be able to join us on this edition of FTS because volleyball team is going to the NCAA tournament. First time since 2000. That's a long time, Andy. That's, That's a long time. It's um, great to see some success in athletics, not just I've, Houston Cougars men's basketball. Yeah, that's that's that, that's almost as as old as I've been alive. <laughs> <laughs> like it literally, I'm literally just months older, um, which is absurd. But they're going to be heading to Omaha. They're going to play on Friday against South Dakota in their first round matchup. A tough South Dakota team that that had 29 wins as well. So that's going to be exciting uh, to see. Like you said, Chris, for them to be able to to reach that accomplishment and have. Another program has success outside of uh, men's basketball. Because it's not football, Andy Yanez. Uh, let's yeah. get back to your discussion. Your, um, what should the football, what should UH Athletics do with football? Should they fire the entire staff? Well, let me back up. We got to figure out a way, not we, Houston Athletics has to figure out a way to get fans alums to care about Houston Cougar football in the Big 12. Keeping Dana, bringing Dana Hogerson back is a money-saving move, but it's not going to bring back, it's not going to generate interest in the fans. Do you, do you think so? If they bring Dana back and fire the entire staff but Dana? Uh, no, I think you bring up a great point, Jay. And uh, I'm, I was reading one of the comments that said it. Um, Tony M said it, that that would definitely be letting him off the hook. It's like everyone it's everyone else's fault. Uh, but Dana Hogerson, I don't I, from a fan standpoint, I think. What, what's going to. I don't think it's realistic. Hogerson's not going anywhere. I'm pretty sure he's going to be coming back. He's going to coach when Houston um, joins the Big 12. I think that the biggest thing um, that that the football program needs to do to to continue to build bus heading into the Big 12 is just going to be there has to there has to be some sort of um, 
I don't, that's what I was saying before, before we had our guests. It kind of seems like you're stuck in the mud because a, a lot of it has been just chatter. And we talked about it heading into the season. There was a lot of expectations put that all the team's goals, whether Dana wanted to, to acknowledge it or not prior to, to yesterday, which he did acknowledge that they fell short of their goals, um, was to get back to the American Athletic Conference championship game and this time win it. And they fell short of that. Not only did they fall short of that, I mean, they didn't, really come close to, to making the American Athletic Conference championship game and certainly not to win it. Um, so there's a lot of disappointment now. They're going to be in a much tougher league. They're going to be in a Power 5 conference, which is something they've been uh, striving for. And and you look at a lot of frustration, which, I mean, as crazy as it may, may sound, there's still it's good that there's people that frustrated because it means that they care about the program. But I think overall, there's, there's just got to be some acknowledgement. There's got to be some type of plan like we 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 know that this year was a, a d- disaster it, we did we fell short of our expectations um this is what we're going to try to do in the big 12 but even then if you if they fire doug buck if they fire um shannon dawson they switch things up i think it'll 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 create some excitement from the fan base but the moment something goes wrong again they're going to say well there we go but the problem is with the head of the snake with with holgerson um that's why I feel like this program currently is just stuck in neutral. And I think really all eyes now have to turn to the admin. Are they going to be, are they going to force a change? Does, does, do any changes come? Cause I think the worst thing, if they decide to stay in neutral and buckle down, keep bring everyone back, that's going to, that's probably going to completely uh, lower fan support. And it's certainly going to make things a lot more frustrating because it's going to seem like, they're back into square one, and like they they showed against Texas Tech in Kansas, there there's a clear difference between those programs and where Houston was this season. And for those who are listening to us on Spotify and iHeartRadio and those audio platforms, reminder: this show is sponsored by Five Star Properties, a Dallas-based company owned by a UH alum. If you are facing foreclosure or need to sell your house as is for cash, call nine seven two five three two S-E-L-L. Once again, that's 972-532-7355. Or visit their website at fivestarprops.com. That's F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R-P-R-O-P-S dot com. So big shout out to Five Star Properties for sponsoring Post Talking Sports throughout the college basketball season. Once again, onward and upward for this show, as well as Les Cougs, sponsored by the Saxonian family both available on the Houston Round Bar View YouTube channel. Let's get into some of these comments from some of our viewers because this point right here from TI, also I doubt the football program will remove the apathetic mindset. Haven't done it now, won't do it ever. Ever is a mighty long time. I hope that's inaccurate, but I don't have to doubt it because the apathy there's still too many fans who don't come see the Cougs play football, even men's basketball. They'd rather see the opponent play. So going, joining the big 12 will help some because a lot of those fans will come support their team regardless, but they'll be at TDECU stadium. But what about Cougs supporting Cougs and getting more UH fans to come see the football team? So that comment is telling 
But this comment, let me see from John Lynn. Thank you, John, for your comment. How is the average UH fan going to react when they bring back CDH, that's Dana Hogerson, bring him back and raise ticket prices because the move to the Big 12 will demand be there? Hell no. So that is going to be a balancing act as well. I mean, UH has, has, they boxed themselves into this corner and I have not even brought up the famous line that President Couture said years ago, we fire coaches who go eight and four. Well, Dana went seven and five this year. So that's, that is not eight and four. But they got to do something. Dana, Dana really has not given fans a reason to like him, a reason to like the way he's run the program. We haven't even discussed the Sam Brown slap, the slap by Sam Brown after the game last night. Some fans believe that that's a reflection of the program, a loose run program. Well, and, and to add on to your point quickly, Chris, just something that, that Ryan and I mentioned at last night's show um, in regards to Let's Reach Cougs, but when you think about it, this was his fourth season and and the trajectory of it, 2019, the crazy uh, situation with De'Ara King, he redshirts um, that season, ends up being a wash, they finish 4-8, and eight. then Fast forward a year later, it's the COVID year. They have so many games canceled or postponed. Um, that once again, they finished three and five. But you know, COVID, it is what it is. They have that 2021 year. They have a 12 and two season, and they they put a disappointing opener behind them, and they won 11 straight. Now, obviously, the the big point that's made about that 12 and two, that 11 and one record that they have heading into the championship game. Um, was the quality of opponents that they faced. I believe SMU was their toughest opponent in that season. Um, and they, they they walked it off, or they almost walked it off with the, the kickoff return by Marcus Jones. Um, and then this season, all the expectations were on the program once again. And um, the schedule, the way it turned out, you know, preseason, we talked about how you look at across the, the, the opponents that were playing, especially conference opponents, well, they weren't going to play UCF. They weren't going to play Cincinnati. So once again, it was that that point brought up that um, they'll probably make it to the conference game again because of the opponents or the lack of opponents that they would be playing. Then Tulane, they ran into a very buzz. I mean, they ran into a boss, but buzzsaw of Tulane, which I mean, they lost to them without the third string quarterback. Um, but Tulane overall has been able to improve, and you know they're going to be hosting the championship game this coming Saturday. Um, they lost to SMU in that debacle, giving up 77 points. And then, you know, to, to put a cap on it, they lost to Tulsa. That's been the tenure of Dana Holgerson. And the biggest thing is when you think of those four years, you don't really think of an identity when it comes to the program. And I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. You, when you think of the football program, there's not something that comes to mind and, when you compare it to the doubleheader that we had when the men's basketball team played, um, it's something that, that the, the team has kind of, you know, made its trademark, its identity, the culture of the Houston Cougars men's basketball team. You know, you know that even if the shots aren't falling, they're always going to rely on their defense and rebounding. They're going to be a hard nosed, tough team that, that's going to battle. I mean, they won last night, but Kelvin even mentioned it, you know, that, that that's really what allowed them to win that, that game yesterday. Um, 
And when you compare it to the football team, there's not there's not really there's not a, a calling card for the football team. Last year when they had that success, you you kind of saw you could, at least you could see that the defense was the identity. Um, the defense was carrying, and then this year it's complete opposite. It was mm-hmm. the offense that was carrying. So that lack of consistency, that's that's probably the biggest problem so far during his tenure. Because even at down years happen. There's they they did have injuries. That stuff that stuff's gonna happen. But when when those situations arise, I mean look, even going again, I I hate to compare it, but you have to. Going back to last season when men's basketball team had injuries. They went back and they relied on their identity, their culture to exactly. not only continue to win games, but make a run. And and they finished uh, they were they were halfway from a and behind an abysmal offensive performance. They were still right there for a chance to to get to back to back final fours, which is absurd when you when you think about it. And and that we're gonna get back to some other questions in a moment on the YouTube channel. In a nutshell. Coach Samson and men's basketball, Coach Ferguson and football. I think fans believe, expect the men's basketball team to find a way to win. Play poorly, but still find a way to win. Football, the fans think, how are they going to lose this game? What's going to happen? How are we going to lose this game? They find ways to lose. So that that's coaching. Talent is inexperienced. And your great point, we touched on it before on the shows about on Folks Talking Sports. The injuries are part of it. But Andy, last Saturday, the football team went on the road and waxed, surprised the hell out of me with mm-hmm. their performance against East Carolina. One week later, did all the injuries come back? for them to lay an egg on their senior night because they ruined ECU senior night last week only to allow Tulsa to ruin their senior night yesterday. What yeah. happened? All the injuries come up. Everybody gets sick, injured. What? They, what well, happened? they actually had more offensive players this past game than they did in East Carolina. But again, that goes to the point. That's, that's one of the issues. That's one of the problems, the lack of consistency from this program. And that's 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 really the thing that has been frustrating because it never feels like they're when you look at the football program, it doesn't feel like they're building to something. It just seems like it's like you said, more more fans are, are pessimistic about the football team than, than anything else. Like you said, they, they expect them to lose. And there's a bit, there's been a lot of reaction to the postgame um, comments that that Hoverson said um the frustration about it and fans are saying it that they're being a bit sarcastic through it but they are I mean it's not like they're lying that's truly how they feel they feel that next year in the big 12 it's not going to be pretty it's going to be a a washed season yeah um and that that should be a concerning point especially when it's supposed to be your premier program um that garners the most eyeballs um especially to like the casual audience or the 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 broader audience that um you know isn't going to know about the University of Houston on a consistent basis for as good as the men's basketball team has been you know, not everyone is into college basketball like college football extends beyond um the reach that college football has at least in America 
And and right now the football program is just not where it needs to be to, to be able to have that sustaining success. And we're going to bring in Willie Gibson. He made it back to Akron from Cleveland. Willie, hold on, because I want to get this, bring up this comment from, uh, from John Lynn about the vice president of athletics, Pesman, because Pez is weak, is it weak, as weak as an admin as we have ever had, see the baseball situation. Baseball, I think fans do not have high expectations for that program in the Big 12. I'm going to tie it in. Women's basketball. Hardly anybody cares about it outside me, you, James, you know, Daily Cougar, and a handful of fans. Boss hoops. It's going to be worse for them in the Big 12. The only programs that we think would do well, excel in the Big 12 for Houston Athletics, men's basketball, volleyball should contend, compete, and track. That's when. And swim, thank Swimming you. And diving. That's, we didn't say football. Football is the money-making sport for a program. Houston Athletics does a poor job promoting it. Poor job of bringing fans, giving, giving fans an interest to care about the program. But, Will, I'm going to bring you in because Willie Gibson is an alum of The Ohio State University, a big-time program. That's why we bring him in for his perspective on big-time athletics, because they live it, they walk it, and talk it. So now we're going to talk about a lot of the changes in coaching, college football, all over the landscape today. Slide, because big-time programs, they don't just talk it, they do it. They make changes. Houston Athletics has talked about being a big-time program for a long, long time. Long time. They don't, they can talk the talk. They don't walk the walk. Mr. Gibson, how are you, sir? Glad you made it safely. I'm good. I'm in Columbus, actually. Not at Akron. It's about a 30-minute drive from Cleveland. Yeah, Columbus is about two and a half. So, yeah, I'm in in Columbus. So, you you made it back from the Browns game overtime win. Yeah. But Luke Fickle. Yep. Buckeye. I thought it, I thought if he left Cincinnati for a job in the Big Ten, it'd be for Ohio State. I'll take, you, I'll take you one better. We thought that if he left with Cincinnati for any job, it was Ohio State because yeah. he's had opportunities right. in and, the and past. I, I didn't want to overstep my skis by saying any job. Yeah. This is for the folks on Big Ten. You know more about it, but Wisconsin? Does he have yeah. there? Does he have tie? I mean. No, he's a Columbus kid. Right. Grew up in Columbus, graduated with the high school in Columbus, went to Ohio State, coached at Ohio State. Coached at Cincinnati. Um, he's had opportunities in the past to go other places and stayed at Cincinnati. And so for us to hear today that he's at Wisconsin, a great job, don't get me wrong. But and, you know, based on the results of yesterday, people like to think if he had just held on one more year, dot, 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 fill in the blanks here in Columbus. But, um, yeah, Wisconsin, a lot of questions because Wisconsin in the Big Ten West, and in 2024, USC and UCLA are coming to the Big Ten West. Um, Right now, the Big Ten West is is not competitive. So, in 23, he may have a shot. 
But in 24, with USC and UCLA coming, and with the discussion of no longer having divisions and just having 16 teams in the top two play for the championship, I mean, you already have Ohio State, the rival, Penn State, Michigan uh, yeah. State. Nah, no, uh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> UCLA, USC at that point. At that point, yeah. Penn, I mean, so to go to Wisconsin, I mean, uh, kudos to him. I mean, congratulations. That's a big-time job. A step up from Cincinnati. You know, I understand Cincinnati's going to the Big 12 in, in a few months. But to, to, to garner that Big 10 job, it was just a shock considering other positions he's been uh, in consideration for. And I don't believe it's going to happen. But the Buckeyes losing yesterday to that team up north yep. and the way they lost in the second half, yep. there are some fans, and I'm not sure how many alone, but some who want Coach Day gone. Yep. Right? And what is his yes. record right now? What's his record? This, this year. Oh, this year. This 11 year. and 1. No, 11 and 1. Uh huh. Career record. 45 and 5. Say that again. 45 and 5. This is his first world problems up here at Big Time Athletics. He's 45 and 5, 11 and 1 this year, number 5 in the country, and there's cause that next year he's coaching for his job. Andy, Dana's record is what at Houston? 26 and 20? I'm trying to look it up. I, I think it's 26 and 21 now with the loss yesterday, but let me let me make sure to confirm it. I, I was looking at the the notes literally okay. earlier today, so let me let but, me get the exact yeah. record. Check it out. But we know he's 75 this year. 75 this year. Rondé is 45 and five. 11 and one this season, and there are people saying next year's make or break for that man. He lost to the rival two years in a row. That's the difference in expectations and a big-time program, what Houston is. Put like this, put like this, put like this. Last year, Ohio State was 11-2, won the Rose Bowl. When I was in school, the goal was the Rose Bowl. You did everything in your power conceivably to get to the Rose Bowl. 11-2, won the Rose Bowl, and the season was deemed a disappointment because it didn't make the CFP and they didn't beat the rival. By the way, Dana Hogerson's record now at Houston, 25-20 and 20, um, through four years. Oh, so I gave him one win too many. Okay. Well. See, that's expectations. Re, re, Houston is fooling themselves when they say we are a big-time program. The hell you are. The hell we are. Because I'm an alum. And let me toss in this school who I – Cannot stand, but respect the hell out of Texas A&M was what four and seven going into last night's game against LA? four and seven, yep. and had what one hundred thousand people at the stadium mm-hmm. for a four and seven football team. Yep. Houston struggles to get twenty two thousand to see Didn't them reach play that yesterday. Yeah, no, they was like 21,000 and change. The, the attendance they gave. <laughs> That's what they announced, because it sure as hell wasn't that in the no way, no how. So fans, viewers who are watching us on Folks Talk, Folks Talk Sports Twitter and on YouTube, 
I know the Aggies, that's a cult. I know it, and it's a scary cult sometimes. <laughs> Four and seven. 100,000 people. Sure, there were some folks from LSU. But hell, let's just say it was 10,000 LSU. That's still 90,000 Aggies to watch a four and seven football team. It would take the Cougs probably four games to get 90,000 people total. Think about that. And yet we say we're a big time program. No, we're not. Because if we were, one way to prove it, Ben Hogan's going to be fired today. Today. Seven and five is not eight and four. Mr. Gibson called it weeks ago. The final, whatever it was, six games left to go in the season, he said Dana would not get eight wins. He called it. He got it right. Ron Huey. I'm saying names now. Ninth season at women's basketball head coach. Same time as Kevin Sampson, nine years. Ron Huey, never been to the NCAA tournament. Never. Sniffed it, came close once. Never been. Got an extension to his contract last year for not going to the NCAA tournament. His contract ends in 25 now. Got an extension for not going to the NCAA tournament. Contrast. Rice women's basketball head coach, Lindsey Edmonds, second year as head coach at Rice. 6-0 to start this season. The best start in Rice women's basketball history. Rice women's hoops has more talent this year than Huey's program. Rice has been to the NCAA tournament more than Houston has under Huey. Rice has even won WNIT, the WBI. In addition to going to the, the NCAA tournament in the nine years that Huey's been in charge. So please miss me with this. We are a big time athletic program. Because right there, right in front of our eyes, shows that we are not. And once again, folks say, what is Chris talking about if you don't know? I am an alum in Chris Houston, graduated in 94. Longer than Andy been, been alive on this earth, okay? <clears throat> but I am an alum. When I get fired up, because it means something. I love this school. I got my degree from this school. I covered women's basketball when Joe Curl, may rest in peace, led the team to the tournament. Had Jones, her number 13, is hanging in the rafters inside Tillman's building. I saw a great team. I saw the Courtney Taylor-led teams get the tournament in last, uh, 2011. That's 11 years. So Chris Pesman, I'm naming names. President Couture, if you care about, hell, if you care about football, you said, well, you heard us say it on this show, Andy as well. We went to the Big 12 to compete for championships. You know what they say? Right? Yeah. Well, Dana Hogerson is not... What has he proven to us that he is the right man to lead the football program to championships in the Big 12? Nothing. Nothing. And to go back to one of the first comments of the night show, 
UH is now a basketball school, not a football school. It's a basketball school. Monday's poll comes out. UH most likely will be number one ranked in the country. First time since I was 11. <laughs> okay. So, and the, one of the things is, many of the fundraising things that men's basketball accomplishes, they do themselves. Lawrence Sampson is in charge of that. She does that. Not Houston Athletics. She does that. Okay. I'm going to take a breath, step down from my box. Andy, Will, any comments? Will, let's go to you because I want to get your thoughts on the Browns mm-hmm. and what they did today to win. I think Nick Chubb won the game, but just your thoughts on, on the Browns game. Yeah. Um, great to see them go out, ascend Jacoby Brissett out with a win. I mean, because I know I've said some things and on this show, and I've been – Critical of some some of his performances, but and I also have prefaced that by saying he's a great guy. I mean, he has complete control of that locker room. One to fifty-two, him being the fifty-third player, he has that locker room, and to see them rally around him to win that game, and to see them post-game to celebrate him. I mean, he he came into a, a unenviable position. I mean, they, they thought he would be playing six games, and the suspension ended up being 11. And he came in and, and held the ship, 4-7. and seven. Um, Game when he job. The criticism has always been he's a game manager. He can play well, but he doesn't have that signature win. He doesn't have that signature drive. He can't make a play when it needs to be made. Well, all that be doggone today because he did it. He led a game time drive. Fourth and 10 on the 12-yard line through a touchdown pass where only his guy could catch it and then led the team on a winning drive for a touchdown in overtime against the GOAT, Tom Brady. So he answered all questions today. And now Deshaun comes back tomorrow uh, getting ready for the Houston Texans, who, from what I understand, got shellacked today. T-177-91's comment says it all. Yeah, yeah I saw it was it was twenty seven nothing last the, the one time I did see the score, so I don't know what it ended up being, but 30-15. Oh wow. Okay. Well fifteen in the fourth quarter. So Oh wow. Okay. Two but yeah, so so yeah, so so Deshaun is coming. And uh he you know, he will start on Sunday at NRG. And uh we'll see. Only thing that was kind of disturbing to me. As I heard some things from the defense, and some guys were saying, well, you know, we're excited. We're rejuvenated now that Deshaun is coming. And I'm like, well, you just collected 11 game checks. What were you doing in the interim? Yes. You know, that kind of just kind of, you know, perked my ear up. Like, wait a minute. So you have you been sandbagging, waiting for Deshaun to come back? And so had you put forth maximum effort, maybe they would be, I don't know, 8-3 and three instead of 4-7? and seven? I don't know. At least 500. Yeah, that's a little different. That's a little yeah. different. Uh, we're going long on this show because of our two guests and one will to get on. And, and reminder, folks who are tuning in now, James Mueller is with the UH volleyball team getting interviews for the Daily Cougar because UH volleyball is going to the NCAA tournament. Salute to them for the first time since when, Andy? Since 2000. Since <laughs> 2000. I think I was born before that, but we'll we'll uh, we'll make a note of that. But just to to, to add on to that. David Rare, I'm pretty. I'm 
pretty sure his first season with the volleyball team was 2019. And again, going back to, to that, it's the baby steps. You saw that it's kind of like a ladder. You saw them progress. Um, last season, I think they, they were just out of the NCAA tournament or that they, they had shown that building process. And then this season, they killed. They only lost one conference game all, all season long, and it came on the last game of the season against UCF in five sets. To t- take it back to football, that's you just haven't seen that building block with Dana Horson. And I think that's the biggest issue that a lot of fans should have um, because it's, it's just, it, it is what it is. When you look at the football program, it's, it's disorganized. There's, there's not that consistency with it. And that, that's really the biggest concern if the fans should have. And we got comments from a few folks who have, who have provided a wish list for Houston Cougars football and Lawrence Sampson for branding a Kelvin Sampson type for head coach and coach Alan Bishop for strength and conditioning. <laughs> so, I mean, there you go. I mean, you got a blueprint there on campus of success, but it's, I guess it's hard to duplicate, you know, elsewhere in athletics at Houston. I want to get you guys thoughts on this. College athletics is big time. I refer it to the student the athletes as student assets rather than student athletes. But today, a lot of the coaching changes, Coach Paracel, possibly Willie Fritz going from Tulane to Georgia Tech. I'm not sure if it's been announced while we're doing the show. I mean, Tulsa and their head coach. Tulsa, yeah, check this out, Will, if you hadn't heard it while you were driving. Mm -hmm. Tulsa beat Houston football Saturday. Tulsa fired their coach today. (laughs) They fired Coach Montgomery today. Because oh. he underachieved overall in his tenure at Tulsa. Eight seasons. Really? So <laughs> he goes out of winner Tulsa. But <laughs> I mean, make it make sense, Houston Athletics. I mean, what, what are we doing, truly, if you claim to be a big-time athletic program? But my question for you guys is, and the folks watching us on YouTube and, and Twitter, what, 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 what got echoes? Uh, I guess was going to ch- change, but what is y- your thoughts on like Coach Fritz, for example? If he takes the job at, at Georgia Tech, will Andy Tulane's plans for the conference championship this coming Saturday? What does that say about the business of college sports, where it's okay for a coach? to leave for, to get another job mm-hmm. before he's, his team prepares for the conference championship. Well, what, what, that's, that's wrong to me. What do you think? I agree. It is. It is, but it's the business of college football. It's happened. Not it's not right just because it happens and it has happened and it will continue to happen. However, um, I'm quite sure he's meeting with the powers that be at Tulane and they have a contingency plan. Who's the interim and that interim will stay in place until the end of that season. And nine times out of 10, that interim will then join him at Georgia tech. Yeah. Andy, what are your thoughts on this the situation, the scenario? This is not the first time won't be the last. Houston dealt with it, experienced it directly under Kelvin Sumlin mm-hmm. and then went out in a conference championship game and just the players 
like they didn't care. They didn't give a damn. They're like, well, you're leaving, coach. The rumors are all around the program and the city and got waxed. I mean, the effort just was not there. That game was over at halftime. Yeah. I was there. I sat on media. My, my media seat was at the top of the roof. <laughs> okay, that's where I was because I still had a, a football and all season pass way back when, unlike now and just basketball. Whole other story about that. We'll get into that another story, Will. But Andy, your thoughts on the situation where Coach Fritz, if he takes the job at Georgia Tech before coaching his current team in the conference championship game this coming Saturday. Well, like Will said, in terms of it's the business of college football, and really it, it goes to the point there's no loyalty in this uh, business because at the end of the day, that is um, it is what it is, and it, it's business. And Willie Fritz, if he does take that job, is making the best decision for him personally as he moves on up to higher aspirations. Um, and it's a big reason why when you look at the transfer portal for student, for the student athletes, they shouldn't be criticized and killed because at the end of the day, it, it, it's basically their version of that and their ability to make the best decision for themselves, wherever that may be fit. And there shouldn't be a lot of criticism when a student athlete's, uh, student athletes decides to to jump to another program because at the end of the day, even I mean, take it off this random landscape of of the college world. When you're if you're just a regular student, your ultimate goal is to get your degree and then you know become a professional at whatever you're you're trying to major in or whatever you're trying to pursue. It should be the same for student athletes because at the end of the day, regardless of what they're career aspirations are they're trying to play professionally maybe they just want to to make the best of their collegiate careers that's what they're trying to do so that it 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 really puts an emphasis on that that do i blame willie fritz for making if he does make that move and decides to to do what's best for him you shouldn't because at the end of the day he's doing what's best for him certainly if you're a two-lane supporter you're a two-lane fan if you're a two-lane donor um it'll feel, make you feel a certain way. It's, it certainly, it, it feels terrible. It's, it's a, a, a crappy situation, but at the end of the day, it's a business. And I think more so it tells you a lot about what he feels about the American athletic conference championship too, because if you can't even wait until one more week to do that and jump ship, I think it just shows you if you're Mike Oresco, God, you you it puts a, a certain light on that conference championship. That's a great point. And we'll remind everybody who's listening as well as watching us. This show is sponsored by Five Star Properties, a Dallas-based company owned by a UH alum. If you're facing a foreclosure or need to sell your house as is for cash, call 972-532-SELL. Or visit their website at fivestarprops.com. That's F I V E S T A R P R O P S.com. We're going to wrap it up. Great show. Thanks for the comments. A lot of action. And from the fans who are tuning in, watching us on YouTube, as well as on Folks Talk Sports on Twitter, I want to thank our guest, Rossi Karen from New Sports Group, to discuss Chusa Cougars being basketball evolution, but also Battleground 2K. 2022 taking place this Saturday in Fort Worth, featuring the Cougs, St. Mary's, 
and the Aggies in the first game. Who cares if the Aggies? But anyway, Coug St. Mary's <laughs> played 8.30, second game of a doubleheader inside Dickey's Arena. There is a chance, that a good chance, that the Houston Cougars men's basketball team will be the number one team in the tree when the post come out Monday. Cougs do have a game on Tuesday, so let's not get ahead of ourselves because a lot of fans and some of the players look like uh, they were believing the hype Saturday in their 49-44 win over Kent State. Kudos Kent State because their defense looked like playing in the mirror, like Houston versus Houston. And they brought the fight to Houston from the beginning. I mean, they were swarming to the ball. They were um, really, they were they were the ones that were out hustling Houston early on in that first half, certainly whenever they built that double-digit lead running out in transition. Like Kelvin said, they punched Houston in the mouth first, and Houston had to respond. This, this, as we wrap it up, this is a good comment from Demerick. The AAC championship game, it should matter to Willie Fritz, but sure it doesn't. Because it's a chance to win the conference championship, but also be in the New Year's Six Bowl game. Again. <laughs> no, it, yes, no. It, 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 it should. And it's Especially if you're a supporter, but I mean. How much, how much better is Georgia Tech? Well, I would say this. I don't, I don't know this for certain. I have to look, but I think the, there's a freeze period that ends for recruiting this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is. Dana Hogerson's talked talk about it. Yeah, and I'm sure Georgia Tech is pushing the needle to try to get this done so they can tell recruits, hey, we got a coach. Here he is. Let's get him out on the road, get him in front of kids. So he's focused more so on recruiting for the next job versus winning a championship for the current. Yep, so dead period is about to start or something like that, but it's just – there's got to be a way to make this better for a Tulane mm-hmm. football team and any other football team mm-hmm. in the situation. A Tulane team that's really, I mean, overachieved from where they yeah. were predicted heading into the season. And, and again, going back, that growth that they've shown um, throughout, they, they've been able to establish an identity is going to suck if, if he were to just leave. I mean, in the biggest, when was the last time that Tulane was in this position to not only win a conference championship, but like Demarek said, if they, they win out and beat a UCF team that's kind of stumbling into that conference game um, and miss an opportunity to get one of those New Year's Six bowl games. And I'm going to say this as I'm going to go to Will and Andy to, to wrap it up. Michael Resco has got to be thinking to uh, Georgia Tech, damn it, this lessens my chances of sending UCF a defector going to the Big 12 out with an L because now Tulane might this, the players might be so dejected and not really want to play for whoever's coaching them. So UCF might end their time in the American with a championship as it goes to, to the Big 12. So Mike Resco mm-hmm. might be, oh man. That's a thought. Willie Gibson. How can folks find you, sir, on social media? Appreciate it, sir. You can uh, find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at WillGibson7. Uh, Facebook is WillKnows and WTGSports.com. And Giannis, how about you, sir? Real quickly, to add on to the point, because Luke Fickle, he's heading over to Wisconsin. I'm sure that deal didn't come about Saturday uh, on the day. So I'm curious what would have happened if Cincinnati would have won, UCF would have lost, and then the Bearcats would have been the ones that would have been in the conference championship. Does Luke Fickle 
take the job and, and get announced before the, the conference championship game? Does he stay through? The former, not the latter. He he is announced, and Kerry Coombs coaches UC in whatever postseason going forward. But I don't I don't know. It just, it, it feels. It, it, it just feels and, wrong. It, no, it's absolutely because those yeah. conversations came yeah. way before. They didn't just come about Saturday. Right. So clearly, Fickle was already looking ahead while he was still at the current job. And again, that's one of the reasons why whenever a player does decide to transfer, they shouldn't be crucified for choosing to, <laughs> to do their best option because at the end of the day, the coaches are going to do the same thing. The coaches, whenever they see a better opportunity, they're going to jump ship. Correct. Agreed. I can books find you, Mr. Mr. Everything. Yeah, they can follow me on Twitter. As you see on the screen, scrolling down the ticker at Ayanez underscore five. Be sure to what? Which one from over? Be sure to check out Let's Rage Cooks presented by the Saxonian family. Like you mentioned earlier in the show, Chris, we have a primary sponsor for now till 29 remaining uh, Houston Cougar, Houston, <clears throat> Houston men's basketball. Uh, shows the unofficial Houston men's basketball post game show. We have 29 remaining with the Saxonian family as a primary sponsor, which that should take us through the American Athletic Conference tournament. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so we got a long ways to go uh, in regards to that. We'll be back on this upcoming Tuesday when Houston, potentially the number one team in the country, Houston, uh, takes on Norfolk State on Tuesday night inside the Fertitta Center. Uh, be sure to check out my uh, article, online articles for gallerysports.com. If Houston does indeed get ranked number one, there will be a, a really cool story out tomorrow for gallerysports.com. Um, kind of building on what Kelvin Sampson said post game, which we we mentioned it in Let's Reach Cougs last night uh, with Day on Let's Reach Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. Um, really, it was a it was a great answer, and it was it was a bit surprising. Where I mean, Sampson was upfront about what it would mean to potentially be number one, and and not not more specifically for the players, but much more for the program overall and the supporters. Um, for Houston, if they are indeed number one, it would be the first time that they're ranked. Um, you know the number one team in the country is going back to, to the final polls in the 1982-83 season. So it's been a really, really long time since that. And while I was doing research for that, this is crazy. Houston's going to be ranked for – they're going to be ranked regardless. So it's going to be 49 straight weeks that they've been ranked in the AP poll going back to January 20th, 2020. That's how long they've been ranked in the Associated Press poll. So that could, level of consistency, it's built, again, going back, that's kind of been the theme of this episode here on Folks Talking Sports, building, seeing those ladders, climbing up to the success where the men's basketball program is at now. So that's going to be exciting. And Pod's time and jamma for, for content, for Houston Cougars content that's going to be capped off, apparently. <laughs> but well, that's, a, that's a comment for another day. Be sure to check that out. Um, we're still on the road to 1,000. Last time I checked, we were at 540 subs. And we'll see, Chris, we, you, uh, James. It's going to be a very interesting Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Sexy Names family on Saturday night because there's a very good possibility all three of us will be in Fort Worth at Dickey's Arena after Houston and St. Mary's. Correct. And add a little another teaser to that about, about Coach Sampson's comments about potentially being number one for the program. I hope those comments were along the four minutes. <clears throat> but I am Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Find me on Twitter at VHR Review. And fans, if you're watching, wondering what the hell does Chris mean about four minutes, 
<clears throat> you'll you'll realize soon enough when you if you're wondering why uh, I don't post longer comments from post games anymore. There's a reason. God bless my alma mater. <clears throat> but I digre digress. Christ me on Twitter at VHR Review. Website, HoustonRoundBallReview.com. Instagram, HoustonRoundBallReview. TikTok, HoustonRoundBallReview. Once right. again, thank you very much to Rossi Karen from U Sports Group and Landon Sunshine Gosling for joining us tonight yeah. on We had great, great guests. Talking sports. Hope you enjoyed it. John Lynn, yes, you are correct in that comment that I won't post on the screen, but yes, go with that. Um, but I don't know if you but not necessarily him. But yeah, it's it's someone over there. Let's just put it like that. So anyway. Eddie Pendergrass, man. Yeah, I am I am not the one. And if, if I, I'm gonna go off, y'all gonna see how petty I can be. Trust me in, in, a, in a future clip. But anyway. We have a petty idea if you want to embrace the pettiness, Chris. Oh, yeah, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to after the show. I told Will about it already. But thank you very much to Rossi, Karen, and Landon Gosling for joining us on this edition of Folks Talking Sports. One more time, big shout-out to our sponsor, Five Star Properties, a Dallas-based company owned by a UH alum. If you're facing foreclosure or need to sell your house as is for cash, call 972-532-SELL. And I'm going to do a great job. We're going to close it out with the banner on the screen so you can see it for yourself one more time as soon as I can find it. Five Star Properties are coming through supporting and sponsoring Folks Talking Sports. Call 972-532-SELL 972-532-7345 Visit that website at fivestarprops.com F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R P-R-O-P-S dot com So until uh, later on the week Next Sunday for sure, hopefully, because, Will, I'm looking forward to hearing comments from you about the Browns and Texans. So take care, Will. Take care, Andy. To everybody who commented, Wanda, John, Tony M. Uh, was that Demerick, Demerick, T.I., everybody watching us on YouTube and on Twitter at Folks Talk Sports. Until next time, you guys take care. See you. Peace. <laughs>